Welcome to the Play-Based Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen R.B. Peterson, and maybe your new teacher bestie that is here to hype you up, maybe give you a motivating kick in the pants, and teach you all I know about play and childhood. I am here to help you challenge old and outdated practices and inspire you to create a truly developmentally appropriate early childhood environment that fosters creativity, curiosity, and joy in the children that you care for. Let's set the stage for a lifelong love of learning. Let's get going. Welcome to the Play-Based Learning Podcast. I have Mariah Burnley with me today. She is the founder and owner of a child care center. Tell us about you. Tell us about your a little bit about your child care center, and then we'll kind of get into what we're going to chat about today. Well, hello. I'm Mariah. Um, I started in childcare about 10 years ago. I worked my way from like an assistant in a Head Start program. I worked for the state as an early childhood specialist. I have three wild, crazy boys. Um, so I needed childcare and it does not exist in our area. So what better way than open up a childcare center? So um, then I took on a new role of being a boss and a director and an owner and money and finances and all that crazy stuff. But my niche is training. I love everything early childhood. So I like knowing that we're following what's best practice. And I feel like if I can oversee that, then I know what's happening in my center is following best practice versus sending my kids somewhere that they may be doing worksheets or something that I disapprove of. Definitely. Okay, so how old were your kids when you opened your program? Well, I had a two-year-old, and I had a (gasps) five-week-old. Yeah, so I got pregnant during the midst of opening. Um, So I had my baby, and five weeks later, we opened. And on that fifth day of opening, I was crying. I was like, I can't do this. Oh, my gosh. A mental breakdown because it was wild. Um, yeah. like picture day. Like, it was just all things that could have happened happened that first week. It was wild. Oh, wow. Because so, you were in, like, survival mom mode, but also uh-huh. survival opening a program <laughs> mode. And yeah. having all of your staff go through that survival yeah. stage of teacher development as well. Mm-hmm. And like, so-, so you have all these new people and obviously when you first open, like the, there wasn't this like training period prior to, we had a staff meeting. So like, I didn't know who these people were. I didn't know what they were capable of. So like, I didn't bring my kids to the center for like the first six months because I wanted to make sure that like, we're ready to roll. Like they knew yeah. what best practice was and you know, that we were being intentional with the children that we were serving, that it wasn't this babysitting type of environment that some people like to refer childcare as. Definitely. So on that topic, we'll shift over because one of the things that you love to teach about is setting up intentional spaces for young children and using intentional teaching practices and strategies. So can you define what you think or how how do you define intentional teaching or intentional environments so for me intentional teaching is answering that why so whenever my staff are planning I want to know why are we doing this are we doing it because someone told us to because the state set these rules or because we think it's cute 
Well, because we actually want to know what the kids can do that. We want to see what they're capable of. We want them to, to grow and see their development. So that intentional teaching is something that there's a purpose behind it. We know the why and we're waiting to find that outcome versus having a, a proclaimed outcome and seeing if they can get there. We want to just see where they take it. Um, that's amazing. Intentional. <laughs> that is, that's like the perfect definition of intentional. Like, making sure that everything that we do is for those children in the room and not to right. serve anybody else and their policies or their procedures or their thoughts. Because a lot of times those adult thoughts that travel through our head are there really subconsciously. They've just been built in to us our whole lives as we've gone through the system of childcare and education. So right. Um, it's really stepping back. And, and it's hard like to questioning. We all have policies, you know, in all childcare and, you know, even outside of childcare, there's rules that run our lives. You know, we have laws and things like that that we have to follow. Um, but it doesn't mean we're not following the rules, but we're just being intentional about why we're doing it. Um, and if someone's not been in that type of environment where that's been supported, and therefore the kids versus for the, the policy or because of the rule, um, that's a really hard change. So that was something that we really had to struggle with, um, with, you know, starting new is, you know, you might have just because you did it here doesn't mean that's what we're doing here. But exactly, you know, yeah. um, we, we had a, a my first like year, we used to say there used to be a Taco Bell here. Now this is Burger King. You cannot order tacos anymore. So, like, <laughs> I love that analogy. People would just think that, oh, well, you're just another childcare center. You just watch my kids while I go to work. And we'd really have to explain that, you know, yes, this is a childcare center, but we're not babysitting. Like, just those diaper changes are so intentional. Like, it's not just because we don't want them in a soiled diaper, but they're engaging with us. They're re creating that trust and that bond with us. They, you know, those language skills of going, oh, you stink, you know, like <laughs> you're being silly, but they're learning from that. They're creating that, you know, development just from a diaper change, something yeah. so simple. Oh, so there's intentionality be behind everything, everything that the adults do in the space or plan. Even just coming space. to work, honestly, like being consistent, coming to your job. You know, those yeah. kids count on you. You're they their do. safe place. One of the things um, that I used to to tell myself when I was on my way to work every day um, was be the one that they would choose today, Kristen, because children can't choose their caregiver. It's chosen mm -hmm. for them. And so right. I kind of took that and I was like, you know, like I got to show up as my best self today and be super intentional because they don't get to choose you. So yeah. that is something that I would tell myself every single day when I would walk into the classroom, be the one that they would choose, Kristen. Yeah. And, you know, some, and especially like in our community, we have a, a really poverty stricken area. So, you know, a lot of kids don't have that solid foundation of someone that says, I believe in you, you're smart, you're kind, you can do this, you know, and they need that. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to, you know, someone has to be that person for those kids but as soon as they walk in the door. And honestly, for those parents, you know, maybe it's a single mom or, you know, someone that's going through something, they, they need, it's more than just dropping your kids off somewhere. There's intent behind the service I'm providing you, you know, full yeah. circle as a community even, you know? Okay. So have you 
Is there anything that you or your te- your staff, your teachers do to set up a welcoming um, environment for families and children when they come in? Because I know that that is a huge that was a huge thing for me is ensuring that everybody felt super welcomed and like they had a space there. So, what kinds of things? Do you have any strategies or tips for people to set up that welcoming environment? So we kind of joke about it, but the, the, the something that is super important is the relationship. Mm, You're yeah. not going to create like that intentional bond. You're not going to like, you have to have a relationship in order to build off of that. So especially for teaching staff and your parents, they have five minutes at drop off because they have to get to work in the next 10 minutes. So there's this hi, goodbye, love you, see you later, you know, diapers in the back. How can we make that a relationship off of those 30 seconds. Yeah. So, you know, there's so much that you have to do outside of just that communication to create, excuse me, to create that relationship. So letting them know that, you know, if you're got done work early, you can come in and have a snack with us, come and mm-hmm. eat. Um, that door is open at all times. If you need to come upstairs in the office and just chat a little bit, that's fine too. Like you just come in and be, be here. If you want to come in and show the kids, um, a blanket you crocheted because that's something cool that you're a proud of. Show them that. Sometimes not only are the kids think that's cool, but the parents need that because sometimes as adults, we don't have those relationships to say, wow, you did a great job. That's great. And sometimes people need that also. So in order to make them great parents, we need to keep them, you know, keep them moving too, because we all can use that like pat on the back, that encouragement. Um, Mm, You know, a, a lot of the times too, is just, you know, as a childcare center, it's all year round. So there's not this like starting point, ending point of the day in the year, but, you know, having those family pictures involved. So we're constantly asking for like family photos. We're sharing photos of like the kids in the classroom, you know, it is documentation. So it's showing the things that we're doing in the class, but it's intentional that, you know, you can see that we're not just standing around watching kids run around, you know, but we're making purpose of our day while we're here. We're, you know, we're not just saying, oh, I got five more hours to get done with work. It's how can I make this day great? What can I do? Um, And a big thing we like to do, you know, because of our area, we don't have buses. So we don't, we're not doing field trips and going out. And honestly, it's one less stressor to have to take kids off of the property. Well, yes. So we bring that to us. So, you know, when you hear field trip, you think of this big lavish thing, you know, it's a big event, you, you know, but it's for stressful us, for young children. Right. But for <laughs> us, we're bringing that excitement, that that wow to us. So the wow is, for example, we have a, um, our older class are studying trees right now. Um, so our wow was bringing in bamboo stalks. So we brought in yeah. these huge bamboo stalks. Um, they created a fort with the fence and they have like this little burrow with these bamboo trees. Oh, wow. And then like – you know, so like, here's this wow factor. We're going out to the playground. Now we're in the forest. And like, then they were using the speaker and cr- playing like the bear hunt because this, you know, a song that they wanted, but the kids were kind of leading this play. So like yesterday it was just one little strand of like bamboo and, or the day before. And it's just slowly grown into like, this is our bear cave. And this is, you know, it's just grown yeah. into like a g- huge thing. But the intent behind it is that the kids are interested in it, that, you know, it's purposeful to the kids because where we live, there's, you know, we have trees, the leaves are changing on the trees. The kids are seeing those things. They may be helping their parents raking those leaves and 
it's just a topic of conversation that the kids are seeing that I almost got blown away in a windstorm walking to school and the leaves hit me in the face, um, you know, or finding the leaf that's big as my face at the park. Um, but that field trip was brought to them to have that wow factor. Yeah. Um, and then, even, you know, simple things like asking parents to come in in their uniform. So maybe the parent works at Family Dollar and they have to wear a certain visor and a name tag. Like mm-hmm. ask them to come in for five minutes and just explain that. Like, one, we're prouding the parent for their job that maybe yeah. they don't think is that great of a job. Um, but the parents, the kids also love that interaction. They just yeah. want someone's, you know, t- to value them, to say like, I'm glad you're here today. Like, you know, that they, they matter, that they're not just a child, that they are just as important as anyone else in that classroom. So community is so important, just that they're allowed to be welcomed in at any time. And there's that ongoing communication. Um, for us, we utilize an app that, you know, creates that ongoing communication for our parents um, because drop-off and pickups are just those quick in and out yeah. because life is crazy and hectic and we don't have time as much as we'd love to. What app do you use? People probably we, are going to want to know. We utilize ProCare and it's honestly, it's great. Like I have, my associate director is not tech savvy. Um, she would say she's in the older crowd and <laughs> she, but she loves it and she'll find something new and like, she's just obsessed with it. And Good. we have, you know, and especially for like parents that have never left their kids before. Again, they're, you come in for an orientation that's 30 minutes and now yeah. you have to trust in me. I know, that I'm right? going to take care of your baby. That yes. is a lot, you it know, especially lot. as a new parent that already has 101 other things they have to worry about taking care of that baby. So, you know, my job when I first meet them is to show them how we're intentional, but our staff and us as a team, it's our job to, to create that bond and that relationship. So they know my child is well taken care of. So, you know, they can see that, yes, he yeah. was crying when we dropped off, but 30 seconds later, okay. I can send a photo. He's smiling and all is well, you I know, and and it's great, too, because, you know, parents will see, like, oh, their clothes are muddy. Their clothes are ruined. They got paint all over their face or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, all these kids do is play in mud. What, you know, they're not learning. I'm just sending my kids to a mud pile all day. But what our staff can do is send those photos and with those notes say, you know, today we've explored this huge mud puddle on the playground. Yeah. By doing that, we explored our sensory skills. We were able to take turns with you know, sharing these materials. We talked about what happens um, when the mud puddle is full, the cause and effects, the science, like they can expand on just a photo versus, you know, give the full picture because it's only 50, 50 when you get those muddy clothes, you know, but give the whole story and that creates that trust. So the parents then see that like, it's intentional. We're not just letting kids roll around in mud because we're not watching. Yeah. yeah. But there's intent behind why we let them play in the mud. Oh, yes. I love that. That was like a gold quote there. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So we talked a little bit about the families and being intentional with them. And now I want to move into what are some intentional ways that you set up your classrooms or your spaces, like creative, anything, anything you got for people? How can they create an intentional environment then? So like we said, to be intentional, it's meeting those kids' needs. So, um, You know, especially if the kids are new to your class, you're new to the class, you have to learn those kids and understand what their needs are, Mm -hmm. what their interests are, and where they're at developmentally. So I'm a fan for provocations. I love setting a table 
and seeing what happens with it. So, you know, a provocation might be setting out some mirrors, setting out some buttons, some glue, some markers, and pipe cleaners. What happens? You know, there's no end goal. You know, in my head, I'm thinking they could make some really cool self-portraits, okay? But they also could make a train. They also may grab a book from our, our, our library area and create a house, you know? There is no right or wrong. It's intentional because it's meeting their needs. Um, you know, so provocations are my favorite thing. I feel like that is, that's how you truly see where, where it goes. You know, you could totally, like, perfect example. Um, I brought in this morning, our kids that are doing the tree study, I brought in monkey balls. Do you know what a monkey ball is? No, I do not know what a monkey ball is. <laughs> okay, I guess they're called harvest app, bush apples is what they're okay, called. Okay, I don't know what I don't that know. is either. Google it, monkey ball. It's a screen green looking ball that comes from a tree okay and so I I seen them on the side of the road I stopped picked them up and so I brought them in for the kids and I was like oh this is awesome I remember loving them as a kid and I bring them in I'm like guys gotta check this out I'm like they're in a box I'm shaking them guess what it is it's rolling around and so I show them and I'm like smell them what do they smell like what do they feel like and you know they're passing them all around and they're like and, you know, they yeah, carry yeah. on. And my heart just crushes. <laughs> monkey balls. They're so cool. But you it's know? not about you. Right. It's not about me. Yeah. It's not about what I think is cool. It's about what they think is cool. Exactly. And their teacher had brought in wooden drumsticks because drumsticks are made from wood and the wood is made from trees. Yeah. And so, like, they were having a blast banging on everything with drumsticks. So, like, Aww. I obviously interrupted their play because I was like, hey, come look what I got. And, you know, it wasn't about me. That was no. not, you know, I had intent. I was trying to see, you yeah. it out. But, you know, I wasn't forcing them. I wasn't saying, put them away, put away the drumstick, yeah. come over here, sit crisscross applesauce. You have to see what I'm saying. Now, keep a bubble in your mouth. Listen, you know, and wait yeah. your turn. It was, you know, just come on over. There was a kid over at the yeah. water table. He could have cared less about monkey balls. There's a kid over there. He couldn't care less. You know, and there was a few and they checked them out for a minute because they're sweet kids. And then they're like, Eh, all right, eh. moving on. I wonder if you put them in the water table, if that would change. Yeah, and you know what? After they get out the excitement with those drumsticks, I'm sure they'll they'll circle back yeah. to them. They're there if they want to. And if they don't, they don't. That's fine. Um, okay, I think- so I Googled it because uh-huh. I wanted to see what they are. So I know them as hedge balls. Hedge, hedge balls. balls. People in Minnesota, I don't know if they do this in West Virginia, but you can put them in your house and it like deters spiders. Yes. So that's what I was telling the kids. I was like, if you put these in your house, they will get rid of spite, excuse me, spiders and bugs. And they are just like, mm. eh. they, they didn't care. <laughs> That's okay. Because to me, I remember thinking they looked like these cool brains. I remember yeah. hiding them as a kid. Like I was obsessed with monkey balls as a kid, but they didn't not share these that kids. excitement. Today no, at least. Not today, maybe tomorrow, mm-hmm. but <laughs> okay. Um so cleanup time. I get asked all of the time about how you do cleanup time in a play-based program or an intentional play-based program, which right. I think any play-based program is intentional. But right. um, what do you, anything you've learned over the years that like helps with managing cleanup time? Because I think that's a huge stressor for a lot of adults. It absolutely is. And honestly, like I read that question, I was like, oh, Lordy, like, I don't know. Like, I don't have that magic answer. But, you know, cleanup time is rough. And I think 
you know, that intentionality behind it is you have to know your group, what works for them. So what works, you know, with my five classrooms, what works for one group isn't going to work for the other preschool classroom. It's, and what works for me isn't going to work for you. Um, So, you know, getting to know your group of kids. So if you have a larger group, it's going to look a little bit different than you have a smaller group. Um, But for us, you know, especially when you have a new group, we're constantly talking about, you know, just the environment it's as its whole. So um, a good thing for us, we'll say like, okay, why don't you um, pick up the blocks and why don't you get the, the triangle pieces or you, we're going to go on a shape hunt. You pick up all the circle pieces and you pick up all the red objects or you pick up all of blah, blah, blah. Um, but when we talk about cleaning up, we're talking to the kids about like, you know, the, why are we cleaning up? What is our reason? Because there might be a time that they're building with something and they're not yet done with it, Yeah, you know, and they don't want to clean it up. So instead of fighting fire with fire, we may say like, okay, so you're not done. What can we do with it? And, you know, we talk about, you know, what, what else could we do? Could we put it to the side? How will we know someone won't touch it? Those types Mm -hmm. of things. So it could be confusing, you know, that we have, why we have to clean up then if we don't always have to clean up, you know? Yeah. So we talked to the kids about cleaning up in the sense of like, this is our space. And sometimes when stuff gets all over the place and it's a mess, you know, what happens if it's a mess? You know, we might break our things. We may lose our things. You really love these blocks. And if you lost them, I think you'd be really upset. So what could we do? Um, and that's, that's, that's really the way that we go about yeah. it. Obviously, no one's perfect. You're, you're four and five-year-olds and yeah. especially if you have and like two-year-olds, like they don't want to clean up. Me clean and my up husband time don't is always not clean up. really like a developmentally ex- appropriate expectation for many children. It's overwhelming when it's so many things. So right. I, in our program that I founded, how we usually did cleanup time was we would say five minutes till cleanup time, you know, right. let everybody know. And then the the staff, the teachers would furiously clean for those yeah. five minutes and try to get as much that children aren't playing with put away. Yeah. So it's not quite as overwhelming for the children. And then right. sometimes some classes liked music, some didn't. Um, and then it was really just a lot of teachers handing kids stuff and saying, here, go put this in the block on the block shelf. Right. Here, go put this over in the dress up clothes. Here, go put this. Um, put all these horses in this basket right here. Um, it was very just kind of like direct and like to the point and let's just get through this because right. nobody loves it. Also, we, I, as a educator, didn't um, like force, like if somebody ran to hide, um, generally there's some sort of a need or something that's not kind of right. like that or they're overwhelmed or something. And so a lot of times I let those kiddos hide and, and then until I kind of get to know them a little bit better and figure out like what's right. going on here. Um, sometimes they come over and they just automatically just start helping out. Sometimes they don't, but I didn't, that was one thing I just like chose to drop the rope on. Like I you just kind of got to go more with that. So you got to just go with the flow. You can't, you can't get upset about it. And like, like you said, that's a learning process. So we always, especially like with your younger age groups, we'll say, you know, if you invite them to come and help you clean up, like, oh my goodness, look at this mess. What can we do? And they pick up one car and they put it on the shelf. It's not yeah. in the bucket. And you go, oh, you did it. That's awesome. Way to go. <laughs> 
you know, and they're going to love that excitement. They're going to love your interaction. So they're going to put a second one in there. And if they only put two of the 10 cars away, we're going to pride them on it. I'm going to pick up the rest. We're going to move on. Exactly. We're not going to harp on it and make it a negative situation because then what happens is then now they're going to fear cleanup time. And yeah, like you yeah. said, then they're going to go run and hide in the corner or exactly. whatever And I think that yes. maybe that comes from home that, you know, maybe they get yelled at because, oh my gosh, there's toys all over the place. So yeah. cleanup time is scary. Maybe we need to change the, the term terminology that it's not cleanup time, but we're moving on to the next item. So let's see if we can put things back in their home or, you know. Definitely. Um, so the kiddos that run and hide – I found that sometimes if you give them a grown-up job to do, so like even just having a water bottle fill a squirt bottle filled with water <clears throat> for them to wipe off the tables with, or <clears throat> um, using a stick vac to vacuum up <coughs> a little area of the rug, or um, you remember remember when restaurants used to have those like little sweeper things that would uh-huh. just like pull up all the food and they were, they're not battery operated or anything, but like yeah. those for children That's to run perfect. over the floor, even if there's nothing on the floor, um, having little brooms and dustpans for them to use, like having, sometimes they love those grown up jobs and can feel like they're part of the group and be a little bit less overwhelmed because it's kind of a novelty. So that's something that we used to do too. We use a uh, vinegar solution to help with cleaning. So the kids can handle it and use it. So yeah, yeah. Our, our, we have an after-school program, and our kids love to help. And I know that sounds crazy, but, like, we talk to them about, like, this is your community. Like, this is our room. We are all going to help. So, like, after they eat snack, like, they're wiping down the chairs. They're wiping the legs of the tables. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, they're not just cleaning for us because we need help it's intentional. Like they're learning these life skills about, you know, how to clean up and how to take pride in your materials that, you know, we're not just like trashing them. We're taking care of our things and how to use a broom and things like it's, it's intentional. Yes. Mm. Okay. Last thing I want to know, I want to know if (laughs) what is like one really surprising thing that you learned during the process of opening your own program. (laughs) um hmm. one surprising thing um that not everyone has the same work ethic and that might come from more of the job like the director position than the teaching position but I mean not everyone's gonna value things the same way or see things the same way as you do so you know I can't make you understand that but I can support you and keep encouraging you to understand that and I think you can use that as, you know, as a boss to a staff, as a staff to a parent, um, as a staff to a child. You know, I can't make them understand why we have to clean up, but I can support them in talking about, like, taking care of things, you know. Yeah. Or I can't talk – I can't make a parent understand why it's important to provide a change of clothes or why it's important to yeah. get muddy. But I can support them and I can be there for them that – you know, things aren't always going to go the way we are. And, you know, my associate director is a little bit different. We're, we're um, positive and negative. So we complement yeah. each other very well. Um, but, you know, it's okay. You got, sometimes you just got to let things go, you know. And I'm full force about, like, karma. Like, things just happen for a reason. You know, it's going to be okay. We're just going to get through it. And if it's meant to be, it will be, you know. But yeah. we can't get upset over things that we can't change. So 
long as we know that we did our best, then, you know, that's, that's okay. Definitely. And I think that, I think that's the goal with childcare because childcare is tough. It's not easy. And, you know, to make sure that we're doing our best and being intentional, it's hard. You know, we have bad days, we have short staff, we have children from problematic backgrounds or that need more support than we can offer or that we mm-hmm. know what to do with. Um, and that's hard, but it's so reassuring when, like you said, that being that person that the child wants to be there, Miss Debbie, I'm so glad you're here today. You know, you could have the world ending and you walk in that door and a child is done yeah. for you and you're bombarded by 30 kids. It's and that's best. what, that's what makes it intentional that you're doing the, the right work that you're supposed to be there. You know, uh-huh. somewhere along the line, you did what was right. Um, we had a child that randomly started having some behavioral issues, and it was wild. Um, we'll probably talk about this for the rest of our lives. Completely wild to the point where we were like, what are we doing? Um, but we created a bond with mom. Mom really needed us. And, like, you know, typically someone would say, oh, I'm not dealing with that. Out the door you go. But we just couldn't do it. That would have been easier. Yeah. We couldn't do it. Um, and he was a school age kid at the time. So like he'd left for the school year and came back in the summer. We had all the fears in the world about these behaviors and no matter how negative those situations became, he still always wanted a hug. He always Mm -hmm. wanted that engagement. And like, still to this day, like we may see him out in public at like the, the restaurant his mom works at or at a birthday party. And the first thing he does is runs and comes and hugs us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, through all those negatives or fighting through that, those behaviors, he, he, we created that bond with him and we created that relationship with him. So even though it seemed like we weren't doing the best that we could, it was, it was still purposeful. And that is the, you know, the gold star to full circle. Yeah. there. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> Tell people where they can find more of you if they want to connect with you and anything that you've got going on that people can take advantage of. Um, So I have an Instagram page. It's Mariah Burnley underscore ECS. Um, And I like to share things all that's intentional. Um, In the classroom, I love open-ended play, providing those provocations in the classroom for kids to explore. Um, I do have a freebie out that is a open-ended exploration um, guidebook, and it has the perfect Play-Doh recipe um, that you absolutely want to have. Um, and there's some other, like, fun little recipes and open-ended play things, um, especially open-ended art. It's another one of my niches. Amazing. Um, a, we'll link that yeah. in the show notes for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, find me on Instagram. Say hi. Amazing. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much for spending your morning with us. And um, yeah, search out Mariah Burnley on Instagram, Mariah Burnley underscore ECS and connect with her over there and find out more about the amazing intentional work that she is doing. Thanks for being here, Mariah. Thank you. If you liked what you heard today, share this podcast with your coworkers, admin, or maybe even your partner. And I love getting five-star reviews so more people can embrace play. Hit follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. Or connect with me on Instagram or my website, kristenrbpeterson.com. Until next time.